0: a podcast on the pod fix network you can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com please listen carefully Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 110 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today's episode is shaping up to be a good one, because we're talking about square phrases. So pick a corner, settle in, and let's find out today's phrases, origins, history, And more. First up today is a sort of combo phrase origin, because you can't have one of them without the other. The first phrase is calling someone a square, and the second phrase is to be there or be square. We need to know why people are called a square before we can call them one for not showing up. So, to be square can mean someone is boring, old-fashioned, or conforming. While the word square has been around since way back in old-timey times, it wasn't always used idiomatically to refer to an uncool person. That usage seems to stem from the early to mid-20th century. Before then, a square person was honest, good-natured, or a hard worker. The exact reason it became an insult is somewhat ambiguous, but it seems to be connected to shoes, dancing, and music. In the late 18th century, square toes was used to call someone old-fashioned or lame, and it was because of a squared-off style of men's shoe that was especially popular with older men. Square dancing is often associated with older folks, so this adds to the saying as well. As jazz was becoming more popular in the early 20th century, we start to find square becoming more negative. This is the connection between jazz and squares, according to the Online Etymology Dictionary. Quote, U.S. jazz slang said to be from shape of a conductor's hand gestures in a regular four-beat rhythm, end quote. Jazz became so popular so fast that if you didn't like jazz, you were old-fashioned or lame, i.e. a square. There's not much information specifically about the longer phrase of be there or be square, but it's used to tell someone they should come to something to avoid being uncool. Instead of just calling someone lame, it's a way to say they are only lame if they don't show up. So while I can't tell you much of anything about be there or be square, I felt like I couldn't go over the origin of calling someone a square without mentioning this connected phrase. I'm not sure when the first use in print was of either of these sayings, but thanks to the online etymology dictionary's information about jazz, we know it was at least in use by the early 20th century. Now, let's eat. A square meal is one that is well-balanced and highly satisfying. I found several theories out there for this one, so let's take a look at them. First up, we go to the high seas. Supposedly, sailors in old-timey times ate off of square wooden boards. After a long watch, they would be rewarded with a large meal that filled up the board so it was literally a square meal. Another seafaring possibility is that it's connected to pirates rather than just sailors in general. The reason I wanted to mention the pirates separately is that they are connected to another phrase. Pirates would each get an equal share of the food to put on their square wooden plates. These fair shares of food are thought to be the origin of saying fair and square. I didn't find out much else about fair and square, but it means honest and straightforward. English philosopher and statesman Francis Bacon is thought to have been the first one to write this one down, in his 1604 Essay of Prophecies. He wrote, quote, Fair and square. The gamester calls fools holy day. End quote. Okay, that's enough of this little tidbit rabbit hole. Let's get back to the theories for a square meal. The next theory takes us to old-timey times Britain, where plates were square pieces of wood with a bowl carved into them. When traveling, folks would bring their squares with them so they would have something to eat out of. The last theory comes from the U.S. military. At meals, you had to sit straight up with your arms at right angles, which formed a somewhat square shape. Now, all three of these theories sound good but all three are simply folk etymologies. There's no proof that any of those things led to the saying. While there is some overall ambiguity to the saying, it seems to have come from 19th century American miners, the digging kind, not the too young to vote type. We find the first known use in print in the Mountain Democrat, a newspaper from Placerville, California. In an article from November 8th of 1856, we find the following quote: "We have secured the services of an excellent cook and promise all who patronize us that they can always get a hearty welcome and a square meal at the Hope and Neptune." End quote. A few years later, we find it again in an 1865 edition of a magazine published in New York City. Called the Harper's New Monthly Magazine, it included the following about the mining town, Virginia City, Nevada. Quote, Says the proprietor of a small shanty, in letters that send a thrill of astonishment through your brain. Look here, for 50 cents you can get a good square meal at the Howling Wilderness Saloon. End quote. Now, the saying must not have been well known yet. As the author of the article said this as an explanation quote, A square meal is not, as may be supposed, a meal placed upon the table in the form of a solid cubic block, but a substantial repast of pork and beans, onions, cabbage, and other articles of sustenance. End quote. I've shared a lot of possible origins with you, and some early print uses. So what's the real story? Well, square can mean many things beyond the shape. And in this case, we need to look at the meaning of honest, proper, and straightforward. Being honest, proper, or straightforward is good, as is a hearty meal. And it really just boils down to that. A proper meal that fills you up is a square meal. Did old-timey-times plates and strict military seating requirements bring this phrase into use? Probably not, at least not by themselves. Maybe these stories helped secure it into the vernacular, but it most likely just came into use because of one of the definitions of square. There is even less specific information out there about three square meals a day, but it's simply a variant of a square meal. If one square meal is a good thing to have, then being able to have three square meals in a day means you're well off. Or in a good situation. So even though there's not much information out there about three square meals a day, I wanted to share it here in connection with a square meal. Okay, I think I've served up enough about this one, so let's move on. If someone is a square peg in a round hole, then they don't fit in. The idea behind this one's pretty straightforward. If a square peg and a round hole are similar in size, the square, with its corners, will not fit into the round hole. This metaphor got its start in a lecture on moral philosophy by Sidney Smith, an English wit, writer, and Anglican cleric. The lecture was titled On the Conduct of the Understanding, and was part of a series of lectures which he gave from 1804 to 1806 at the Royal Institution. He included, If you choose to represent the various parts in life by holes upon a table of different shapes, some circular, some triangular, some square, some oblong, and the person acting these parts by bits of wood of similar shapes, we shall generally find that the triangular person has got into the square hole, the oblong into the triangular, and a square person has squeezed himself into the round hole. The officer and the office, the doer and the thing done, seldom fit so exactly that we can say they were almost made for each other. End quote. Now, while this clearly sounds like the beginning of A Square Peg in a Round Hole, the wording is a bit different. Which is probably why the Oxford English Dictionary says that the first use in print for the saying is found three decades later. In 1837, an English journalist named Albany Fonblanc wrote England Under Seven Administrations. In this, he included, quote, Sir Robert Peel was a smooth round peg in a sharp cornered square hole and Lord Lindenhurst is a rectangular square cut peg in a smooth round hole, end quote. That's really all there is for this one, so now it's time for today's Familiar Quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Arthur Schopenhauer. Here's what he had to say about squares. Quote, great minds are related to the brief span of time during which they live as great buildings are to a little square in which they stand. You cannot see them in all their magnitude because you are standing too close to them. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Schopenhauer, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words Love Advice from Old Timey Times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now let's hear from the ladies first. Don't cease to be lovers because you were married. There is no need for the honeymoon to come to an end while you live. And now for the men. Don't worship your wife as a saint, and then when you discover that she is, after all, of common clay, spend the rest of your life mourning her deterioration. Probably she is what she always was, and it is only that you are looking at her through different glasses. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 110. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnafhrases.com to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the Podfix Network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, thanks for giving me some of your square time today. Toodaloo. And now, this is... Let me rephrase. A square meal is one that is well-balanced and highly uns... Oh, no. <laughs> Supposedly, spoilers... Oops, that's a typo. Albany Fonblanc, an English journalist. <laughs> that sounds wrong. And Lord Lindenurst. Uh, 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 I think I added extra syllables into that. Let's try it again. And Lord Linden no Lindenurst. Lindenurst. This was a podcast from the PodFix Network.